Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey, fam. You guys, we're doing that thing we haven't done in a long time where we're putting the first episode of one of our favorite uh, series that we've covered on Patreon recently on the regular feed to let you know it's there. So right now you're hearing episode one of Heaven's Gate. What's it called? It's called Heaven's Gate, the Cult of Cults. As if that wasn't good enough, the first episode is called The Awakening. Are you in or are you I in? I mean, you guys, if you were alive in the 90s, you think you know everything about Heaven's Gate, but I swear you don't. I'm never excited for the cult documentaries and then I am always sucked immediately in. This is one of my favorite things we've done in a long time. That is really culty that you said that. You weren't into it and then you got sucked in. (laughs) And I have to say, and you'll hear me say it a lot in this episode, the website's still up. Go check out the Heaven's Gate website. It's still there. So you guys, all four episodes are live right now on our Patreon, ad-free, patreon.com slash truecrimeobsessed. You can go binge the rest of the series and all of the other series we cover uh, on Patreon right now and stick around and we'll say a quick goodbye at the end. Yeah, we just covered murder among the Mormons, and we're doing this is a robbery right now. We're doing the oh preppy God. murder. It's a party. I say it all the time, but when you're right, you're right. <laughs> and you're always right, girl. You're always right. Thank you. <laughs> uh, girl, TikTok, it's cult o'clock. Are you, are you happy? Are you happy? It's weird to say yes. <laughs> Heaven's Gate is, is so fascinating to me because these people, like, they meant it so much. Like, it's so sad, but it's so, I want to study it. And thankfully, you're coming on this four-episode journey with me. I appreciate you. <laughs> and there's musicals involved. All right, Heaven's Gate, episode one, The Awakening, girl. Yeah. I've watched this episode like five times, by the way. I know, me too. I watched it when it was on. I watched it to take notes. Yeah. I watched it for fun once. I rewatched it before today. Heaven's Gate is a cult that I remember. Like, I remember when the Heaven's Gate suicide happened. I remember, like, you know, obviously we were way too young for Jonestown, but like, Heaven's Gate was a piece of pop culture that I, like, remember. Right, because they started in the 70s, but they lasted right. through the 90s. Their website is still up. I'm going to mention it every time. What is the website? I'm going to go to it right now. Go to it right now. It's heavensgate.com. Tell me it doesn't look exactly like a 1990s cult website. I mean, it, it hasn't changed. Oh, my God, you guys. This what, Who is maintaining this? Like, someone has to have a credit card on file somewhere that they renew the domain every year. There are two people who are still, like, waiting to go up to the next level, as they call it, who no. are maintaining. Absolutely. Yes, girl. This is what we're dealing with here. <laughs> oh, Hale-Bop. Right. Hale-Bop is what we're dealing with. The Comet. That comes later, girl. She Have you watched all of these? All four? No, 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 no. Did you to the podcast? I, I started the podcast. Okay. Yes, I did. That's like one of the podcasts I've actually devoured. Glenn Washington is a national treasure. You know, he does uh, Snap Judgment. Like, he's amazing. Yes, f- phenomenal. And he, like, Sawyer, our friend Sawyer from this is in the podcast. So a lot of familiar voices I'm now seeing on this. Oh. All right. So it's March 19th, 1997. And we meet this guy named Doe who's talking to the camera. And he's just saying that, like, I'm Doe, some called... Our partnership, T and Doe, that's not my name, but that's how I'm referred to on planet Earth. I thought cult leaders were supposed to be charismatic leaders. Isn't that the whole thing about cult leaders? That's like the Keith Raniere's or you like the charismatic fucking volleyball at four in the morning. This guy is like worse than an eighth grade social studies teacher. Well, I have news for you. I never think they're charismatic. So it's hard for me right. when you're like, are they supposed to be charismatic? You know, like Keith Raniere, like you're right. never going to have me agree here. So I just don't feel like Allison Mack would have fallen under this guy's spell. I don't think she would have gone for it. You know, I think she would have. I got it. I'm going to draw a line in the sand. I think she would be. We'd call her a Lodi. It would be a whole thing. <laughs> Wait, what 
What's my name? Well, there's a whole episode where they go into it, so I want to save it for that, where we actually go. Am I Patoni? I think you're Patoni, because there's no, so I'll, I would be Jeloni and you're Patoni, I think. But I want to I wanna really follow the rules when we get to that in the episode, because they break it down. Oh my God, you guys. First of all, as soon as we can like be in person, I want a t-shirt that says, like our next live show, I want a t-shirt that says Patoni. Patoni and Jeloni. Forever. Oh Forever. My God, it's amazing. <laughs> So he's talking, like, it's a video. We're seeing video footage of him talking to his students, Jamodi, who he wants Jamodi to show off the uniform. Jamodi, would you want to uh, stand up and so that we can take a look at your uniform? Okay. And maybe we can back up a little bit and get a little wider picture of the uniform. Okay. Now, maybe we can zoom in on the patch that... Great. He asks whoever it is to zoom in on the patch, like the Heaven's Gate patch. It's fucking cool. It looks cool, girl. There's a rainbow on it. I'm just saying. <laughs> and he's like, oh, let's go over to Devotee. Oh, hey, Stelody. <laughs> They're all camera shy. And I'm like, oh, my God. Okay. Thanks, Jim Odie. Now let's go to Devotee. <laughs> They're all cameras. Yeah, I... Okay, come on over to Steel Odie. So we get all this footage, and there's this woman. She goes, 39 to beam up. Thank you. And you really learn from the very beginning, these people are super into this. And I know that sounds redundant when we're talking about a cult, right? But this is why the Heaven's Gate cult is so different. I just want to say, you're talking about this woman who says 39 to beam up. I think that this is them making their goodbye video. This is right before they all die by suicide, right? Yes. So she's saying, We might see you all again, and then we might not, but we hope that you remember us as we were and not how other people are going to try and tell you that we are. And one last thing we'd like to say is 39 to beam up. Thank you. We hope you remember us as we were, not as other people are going to try and tell you that we were. And I said, no, that's not how this is going to go down, girl. In fact, we are going to remember you for who you were. Like the fucking bananas people who joined this cult. That's who you ended up being, girl. Yeah. And then she says, one last thing we like to say, 39 to beam up. And I went, and that's why. And that's why. And that's why. Right there, that's what we're going to remember you as, my love. So we're going back in time. We're at 1975. Hey, Walter Cronkite. Hey, girl. He was still doing the news in 75. I thought the day Jay JFK was assassinated and he cried on TV. I thought that was his last day of work. Who knew? Who knew? Walter Cronkite's there just for, he's still there now, right? <laughs> totally. No? He's the original Tom, you guys. He's like Walter. <laughs> <laughs> Walt, Walter, what are you a little tired down there, Walter? What are you a little sleepy? Had a long day, did you? I'm out here in the field. So he's talking about how a number of people from a small Oregon town just Poof, disappeared. They're just gone. A score of persons from a small Oregon town have disappeared. It's a mystery whether they've been taken on a so-called trip to eternity or simply been taken. Terry Drinkwater takes a look at that story. And he goes, did they float into eternity or were they simply taken? Terry Drinkwater (laughs) takes a look at that story. Terry Drinkwater, that is a name and a half. Isn't that fantastic? Terry Drinkwater is a real person's real name. I know. And so we get the news story about what happened and we learn that here along the cloud covered coast near Newport, Oregon, a mysterious couple appeared three weeks ago circulating a flyer proclaiming a UFO would soon be ready to take whomever would follow them to another life, another world. I just wrote, and reader, let me tell you, lots of people were ready to go. Like, you know, as we've covered in multiple documentary series on the page, the USA in the 70s and 80s kind of sucked. Like, I kind of feel like a lot of these people were like anywhere but here. Anywhere but a world that tolerates a stinky rapist. You know what I mean? Yes, at one zillion percent. And see, when you put it that way, I'm like, hmm. 
the UFO doesn't really sound so bad. We got a shit ton of misogyny and rapists and transphobia yeah. down here. What's that UFO like? Do they have any of that up there? Can I live freely? Totally. Can I walk around at night wearing headphones or not? Just let me know. And we're going to find out that the people who are going to take you there, one of them's the gay, and they both love the sound of music. So it kind of sounds like the best of all possible worlds, girl. Could it have been us? Totally. <laughs> I don't know. Come on, Jelody. Come on. Let's get out of here. All right, Patoni. Let's do this. Let's gun it. So there's something about the word Patoni that I just can't get over. I know. It's I, I know. Patoni. And they don't acknowledge. Sounds a little silly. I know. But like they never don't, say that. Right. It's like nippy. You got to just say I know it's ridiculous know. sounding. But I, I Sarah, take the nippy. I, yes, I said that at my wedding. I know you, it's ridiculous, but I said it. They never say that. Just say it. Just own it. So we're with Terry Drinkwater and he's like interviewing people because he's trying to get to the bottom of this. Where did these 20 people go? Again, like Walter asked, did they just vanish? Did they disappear into thin air? Did they float off to eternity? So Terry is talking to this woman, Francine. Francine first attended but was unconvinced. Those people who choose to go along will be picked up by a UFO and they will be leaving this earth forever. Why didn't you decide to go? I'm too human. And too normal. I love to travel, but I also like to know where I'm going. I'm too human. I'm a little too normal. You know, look, I love to travel as much as the next person, but I like to know where I'm going. I don't know if she meant to make that joke, but I think it's a it's a great joke. It's a great joke, I Francine. I Every single time I've watched this, I've been absolutely... I just have Francine. I am obsessed with Francine. Yeah, she's... Uh, Francine. I, 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 I like to travel, but I like to know where I'm going. All right, I see you, Francine. So now I meet this guy, Sawyer. I can only remember his name because that was the hot guy from Lost. But Sawyer says, look, there's everyone's talking about this meeting on the Oregon coast that all the people disappeared from, it was actually 34 people who ended up joining at that meeting. And he describes that he learned about this meeting because he was coming out of a band practice. I came out of a band practice, like an all-nighter party kind of thing, and I saw that poster. What piqued my interest about the poster that I remember making a comment about to my partner is, I wonder what these people look like. You know, they were talking about them being from outer space. I was coming out of band practice. You know, it's like an all-night party kind of thing. And I went, no, 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 no. This is why I could never be in a band. Is it a practice or is it a party? If we are here to practice, we need to practice. We got that gig coming up and we got to be ready. I would be absolutely no fun about this. First of all, it's rehearsal. Second, you are projecting like marching band onto Sawyer. And you know I love and support marching bands. Sawyer was talking about like... A jam band yes. in the 70s. So Joe, it was just a bunch of people partying and someone would play the guitar a little bit. You know, the reason I wasn't born in the early 70s is because I wasn't fun enough. Jesus literally looked at me in heaven and was like, oh, you're not ready. Mm-hmm. This isn't mm-hmm. a good time for you. Just give it a couple years. Totally. So Sawyer, Sawyer like sees these posters and he's like, I want to check this out. He's like, these people are saying they're from outer space. I just want to see what they look like. And I'm like, Sawyer, you didn't actually think they were like, like Martians. <laughs> Right? Like green men with antennas. Exactly. How much partying were you doing at rehearsal? Look, Sawyer looks a little bit worse for the wear. I think that Sawyer's been doing a lot of partying. I think it started that night at rehearsal and it went through last night. Well, Sawyer is, I mean, his lower third is former member of Heaven's Gate. He was there for a really long time. He's a major part of the podcast. Like, Sawyer has some stories. He tells them all. Just wait. Yeah. (laughs) Just you wait. He's the Sarah Edmondson, but in a good way. (laughs) Look, they're both complicated. (laughs) 
we also meet this guy Frank Lyford. He's all, another former member. Same same story as Sawyer. He's been he was a member for like decades. He's a big part of the podcast. And now Frank is subtitled yeah. because of the way he speaks. I think he has Parkinson's or something. Like there's something going on with his voice box. Yeah, he actually explains that it's a really traumatic experience, and he'll get into it in a later episode about why he speaks that way. Wait, he suffered like such a traumatic moment that that it did that to his voice in the cult. That guy Doe traumatized, <gasps> like humiliated him, and so we're not making fun of his voice but he's subtitled so if he's a little hard to understand frank is oh my like going through something because of his time in the cult the important thing that he tells us though and like this struck me like the third time i watched it he was really interested in this and i think a lot of people were because of the promise of taking your actual physical body into heaven what intrigued me was this statement if you ever entertained the idea of a physical level above the human level, you will want to attend this meeting. So you and me alive like we are right now on a ship going into heaven. And like that's what he was really there for. Like you don't have to die to go to heaven and heaven is real and we can go there now. So that was his whole draw to this. Right. So he and his girlfriend Erica at the time and Frank's cousin, they're just like all hanging out in Oregon and they decide let's go to the meeting. Frank's like, I have no idea what was going to come of it. I definitely didn't know I'd be sitting here talking to HBO about it, but (laughs) let's just see what it's all about. And remember, like we say this, we said this in the vow too like everyone that showed up to the meeting was looking for something and in the 70s and we'll get into it later you know Star Trek was a thing outer space was a thing like all the episodes of the Twilight Zone that started in the 60s there are so many episodes like the monsters are due on Maple Street like so like aliens and outer space and Martians that wasn't that far-fetched like people were really interested in that yeah it's bananas that anybody fell for this but yes I hear you yeah I mean I (laughs) I wasn't there so right (laughs) I want to say by the way I totally believe in like alien life like I totally believe in life like existing out but I just these guys don't know them and these guys are not them you know what I mean yeah I agree with you 100% I just don't think they want to hang out with me like I just think (laughs) I'm not going to try to crash their planet or their outer space or whatever I'm doing my thing they're doing theirs will coexist. Oh, wait. So this is where we meet Leslie Light. She's another former member. Oh, yes. You know what she says that I love. We'll get we'll get to her in a second. Yeah, but yeah. she goes to one of these meetings, too. She says she sits down. She was mesmerized by the man. She's talking about Doe. I was impressed with listening to the man. He was kind of mesmerizing. I kept looking at his eyes. And I just remember feeling like, could this, like, I was trying to pick up on his energy, like, if it was really true. Could this possibly be true? And I went, no, no, girl. This cannot possibly be true. No. It just seems so obvious to me, girl. Right, because what they're talking about, it's this thing, the next level, which we'll hear about a lot. And that's like, you you physically get on a UFO, you sail into heaven, and the, and heaven yeah. is the next level. Here's my my question about the next level and heaven and all of that. Sure. Like, we, they never get into this as far as I know. Are there grocery stores there, girl? Are there hotels? You know what I mean? Are there beaches? Oh, but you, you don't need any of that. Why would you need it? Everything is like perfect. You're fully like satiated and set. Like, that's heaven. You know that Steve and I fully believe in the endless heaven buffet? That when you get to heaven, it's just a buffet of food that self-replenishes, and it's all the most delicious food in the entire world. Do you think there's an endless heaven buffet? Yeah, and there's no line. It's just like you're just there. Right. It's for, it's personalized. Yes, Everyone yes, yes. has their own. It's like sure. personalized to you. Absolutely, I believe that. Because if this guy Doe promised me an endless heaven buffet, I'd probably get on that ship too. You'd be like the UFOs. Where to the left? Am I making a left, <laughs> or is it on the right? It's a left <laughs> at the hallway, and then right where I, I got it. Is there a coach in a first class, or like how do I? Where do I sit? Like, is it assigned seating? 
thing or and they're like no girl you just float up to heaven and you're like oh <laughs> and the buffet is where is it right again is it right. left or right the or... endless heaven where do I yeah where do I get that but I'm, I'm saying I, no to the grocery store because that's not heavenly the endless buffet yes waiting online at the grocery store to go home and cook your own food no okay great there's absolutely no green chef or hello fresh in the next level well unless I want it then I like make it in my next level <laughs> Do you see that, like, this is why I would never fit into a thing like this? Because I would have too many questions. I would need to know the logistics. Because we would be having this conversation full voice in the back of the motel room, like, or the, the, the conference <laughs> hall in the motel. And they'd be like, can that gay and that loudmouth woman just get out of here? Who invited them? We'd get kicked out of the cult. Hey, Patoni, Jeloni, on second thought, we don't have room for you. Could you guys? Thank you. We would be the two idiots getting kicked out of a cult. <laughs> That would be us. <laughs> so we're back to these 20 people vanishing, right? God. And, you know, they're told... You had to say goodbye to everybody in your life and leave. Nobody else wanted to go with me. They thought it was crazy. I just went. They told us to bring any camping gear with us. Then we were given instructions to go to a campground up Boulder Canyon. And some woman is like... All they wanted you to do was leave all your possessions and leave everything that connected you to your humanness and go with them and then just like start over and not be a human. I'm like, oh, is that all? Is that all they wanted you to do? I know. And I'm like, you guys, this is combining my two least favorite thing, cult and camping. I have to do both of them to get the Endless Heaven Buffet? No. It's a hard no for me. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm going to sit to the grocery store in the Hello Fresh. Okay, great. Well, you don't have to go to the grocery store if you have the Hello Fresh. Again, not an ad. I'm just saying. <laughs> What if HelloFresh had paid us to find a really slick way to like incorporate it in? So it's kind of like one long running ad. Oh my God. That's not what's happening. It's not. I really do love HelloFresh though, you guys. I know. I can't wait to cook it. Let's go. So now let's get into tea and dough, also known as the two. And for a time they were known as Bo and Peep because they had sheep. They said this. This was their idea. Imagine going to a meeting and the two people in charge are already calling you a sheep. I am out that door. Totally. At one point, they were just called man and woman. These two are fucking weird. Totally. You know, if you're wondering... Dear listener, where the names Doe and T came from? I know. Do we have a story for you? Get ready to have your gay card revoked if you're a homo and you're listening to this and you don't know where they came from. Because I didn't know and I felt very bad about myself. It's the sound of music, Do Re Me! Someone was like, T and Doe were both like big fans of musical theater. Big, huge fans. And Doe, the man, if you have any question about his sexual orientation, he's a homosexual. So, you know, we also learned that, like, they make the cult watch The Sound of Music. They're like, we watched we watched that a lot. We watched it, like, a lot. <laughs> my, here's my, my major controversial, my major controversial opinion. I don't really care for The Sound of Music. Um, well... I care very strongly for Julie Andrews, and I take offense. Of course, of course. Well, the whole thing is that, like, you know, they're both musical theater queens, but Doe especially, like, his first love was music. So we meet this guy, his name is Neely Bruce, and he was a former student of Herf. Herf is the actual name of the guy Doe. Like, I think that's his, like, given name, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we learn that Doe slash Herf was a professor. When Herf Applewhite came to the University of Alabama. He didn't look at all like a professor. He was very casual, very laid back. There was no hint that all this, this catastrophe was looming in his future. Also, Neely, if you ever have like a like four o'clock tea time at your home, 
I'm not God. inviting myself, but if you were to invite me, I would totally go because he has this beautiful <laughs> like piano room. He's playing the piano very yeah. dramatically. He makes quite an entrance in this. And totally. I love him. And he's like, here's the story I heard. So what I heard, he literally says, here's the story I heard, which is phenomenal. This is the story that I heard. Well, here's what happened. So Doe slash Herf, the teacher, he was apparently married to a woman, but like having sex with all these men. His dad was a Presbyterian minister, super not in love with the fact that his son was gay. His wife divorces him and it puts him into a tailspin. He leaves the University of Alabama and he he goes off to attempt a career on the opera stage at the Houston Grand Opera. To which I said, Houston has a grand opera? They sure do. But so what happens is he like gets in with the Houston Grand Opera or whatever. He gets cast in this big role, the role of Olin Blitch in an opera called Susanna. Steve is banging his head against the wall. I'm sure Steve knows every fucking word of this opera. I don't know what I don't know what this is at all. But he's like in rehearsal one day for this major role in this major opera house and completely buckles under the pressure. They literally refer to it as a psychotic episode. Yeah, like, and he just can't handle it. And he gets sent away, which I hate. Like, we got to deal with mental health, everyone. But he meets this nurse and that's T. And that's how T and Doe met. Yeah, and then, like, we see Doe, like, in the 90s giving, like, this video lecture where he's, like, giving the history of the two. And he's lying about it. We met just perchance while I was visiting a sick friend in a hospital where T was a nurse. But the whole point is to say that he was completely mentally unstable, went to some like mental institution where this nurse recognized his vulnerability and like turned him into a follower of her. And that's the whole thing. Everyone's like, no one looks at her as like the leader of this group, but anybody who knows, knows that she was the one with the power and it was all kind of her idea. And he was her follower first. Yeah. And T was really the driving force behind this group and how it functioned. This, this was all her idea. Yeah. So, we also get this audio of them telling you how your family isn't really your family. Like, this is Cult 101. Now, the part that hurts for you is the fact that all the ones that you considered your family really is not your family. Your family, don't forget, are those who are here doing the same thing as you. And those uh, other members of the next level, they are your family. The cult's your family. I mean, of course they don't believe you that you are really not human and that you have to go up to the UFO to the next level. Of course they don't believe you because they're not like you. We are like you. We're your family. We're the only people who understand you. That's cult 101. Yeah. And this section leads us into meeting T, the woman, like the nurse that took advantage of Doe. We meet her actual daughter. Her name is Terry Nettles. Mm -hmm. But we learn that T, her real name is Bonnie Lou Nettles. And she was an RN. She had a real passion for working with babies. And, you know, her daughter, Terry, is just saying that, like, I always wanted to be with her. She was my best friend. We, we did everything together. Actually, I was a candy striper at the hospital where she worked. And so we'd hang out at work. They were obsessed with each other. They were best friends. I know we have a rule against that in this podcast. But it was kind of like Terry the daughter and Bonnie kind of like against the world. And the big thing that we learn is that like Bonnie, who goes on to be T, like the, the leader of this cult, was really like injecting into her daughter's brain from a young age. Like this world isn't right for us. We aren't good for this world. Like wouldn't it be amazing if a UFO came down and took us away from all of this? We used to dream about a UFO picking us up and taking us away from this world. We didn't feel like we belonged here. She says, you know, both of us wanted to leave this earth and it breaks your heart because- I know. 
it's so sad to me that I think there's there's such a difference between it's the two of us against the world and we're going to like, God damn it, we're going to make it. We're going to work hard and we're going to lean on each other and it's going to be great. That's different than it's us against the world right. and we're going to leave this world. That's not healthy. Yeah. And it feels abusive. It feels like it just feels like not good parenting. And, mm-hmm. you know, like obviously this woman goes on to form a cult about like getting on a UFO and like leaving the planet. So like she's literally about to take this to the next level. Oh, very nice. <laughs> like that. So after, you know, she's a nurse at this institution, she meets Doe, they become like bosom buddies. And she convinces him that like cosmically, they're meant to like do something really big together. So Doe moves into the family home. Uh, What we haven't told you, listener, Bonnie is married. Terry has a dad. And Doe moves into this home with Bonnie and her husband and Terry, the daughter. And things get very weird very quickly. It got kind of tense at home, you know, because... Now there's another man involved. And eventually my parents got a divorce when I was 19. T leaves the husband. She gets a divorce. She's now like with Doe, who's gay, but they're just like so close that they like need to kind of start this thing that they don't know what it is. And so Terry says another heartbreaking thing. My mom said that we need to find out what we're supposed to do. And as soon as they discovered what they were supposed to be doing, she'd be back. But that... It didn't turn out that way. Wait a second. How did we go from the two of you against the world and leaving together to leaving your daughter and your husband for this dough guy to like see what the big plan is? Can't you do that at home? It's fucking terrible. And we see this whole thing where, like, now T and Doe are together. They're not sexually together. They're just, like, traveling together. It's 1972. They get on the road, and they just, like, travel cross-country. And they're, like, on this journey of self-exploration. I just wrote gross. Well, they're, like, trying to figure out what kind of cult they want to be. Totally. You know, like, because they're visiting different kind of new agey people and different kind of churches and different spirituality. And they're like, what kind of cult should we be? Yeah. And suddenly, like one day, it's it's been like a year and a half. They're just traveling around. And one day it hits them. Oh, my God. And they say this like we should know what this is. We are the two witnesses who are foretold in the book of Revelation, obviously. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Did I miss? Did my HBO Max just jump 10 minutes? Like, how did I? So they explain. uh, Everyone, uh, sit to pull over, I guess, if you want. Uh, Here we go. So... This is what Tia Doe just like decide one day. Again, they yeah. just decide it. This is not nothing yeah. happened to them. They just if just finally hit them. The light bulb went off. This is the kind of cult we're going to be. They say, all right, I got it. They are destined to be martyred and then to rise from the dead. And after three days and a half, the spirit of life from God entered into them and they stood upon their feet and they ascended up to heaven in a cloud we are destined to be martyred we will then rise from the dead and after three and a half days the spirit of god will enter us yeah this sounds pretty good then we'll rise up into a wait for it a ufo which will take us up into heaven how exciting is that and then if you follow us and join this cult we're gonna take you to the kingdom of god aka the next level oh yeah let's do it This is just like, can you imagine that conversation where they're like at some diner over like shitty coffee and they're just like, yeah, yeah. And then this and then this and then this. Yeah. They're like talking over each other. They're like, yeah, yeah, no, totally, totally. I was just gonna say that. Oh my God. And the server is like, you guys want more coffee? And they're like, shut up. 
no, 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 it's, it's okay. We're going to call it a demonstration and then it's going to be the next level and fuck yeah and all these people are going to follow us and I'm like, oh my God. And so we got one of our experts here and I love her. Her name is Yanya. She's in Seduced, actually. She's a cult expert. Oh, is she? Yeah, she's awesome. I love her. And they're talking about like, you know, if you had a powerful enough telescope, you could see God, says the cult. Yeah, and then it's yeah. all of this just like nonsense and then it cuts to Yanya and she's just like, I think they took acid. <laughs> like, yeah, just- <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're onto something. But, you know, they were saying that, like, so this is the cult they've settled on. And, like, Yanya is telling us, like, back in the beginning, that whole leaving thing, that whole getting on the spaceship and going to heaven was imminent. You guys, this was 1972. It's, like, 1997 when they all actually die by suicide and therefore take this trip. So, but, like, they say in the beginning, the leaving was imminent. And that's kind of, like, what the urgency is, like, what was this cult was all about. Right. And she really wants us to understand that it's not like they sucked you in and then 15 years later, they're like, oh, by the way, the UFO is going to take us all. You signed up because the UFO was going to take you. That's why you're there. So they didn't dupe anyone in that sense. Like everyone was like, you said a UFO? Oh, my God. Yes, absolutely. Yes. The answer is yes. Wait, leave my kids and my family. Absolutely. Yes. UFO. Hello. You said the words UFO. I've been waiting for this my whole life. Let's go. All right, you guys, this is the real pullover moment, you guys. Just everyone pull over. We're in Montana. We meet a guy named Robert W. Block. He's a sociology professor at the University of Montana. You guys, I'm going to spoil it. He sneaks into this fucking cult, you guys, to study them. I am utterly obsessed with him. I, I know. Okay, okay, okay. So what happens okay. is, so his journey, I'm, I've been like dying to talk about this. So his journey know, with know, Heaven's Gate starts in 1975. My. My connection with Heaven's Gate began in 1975 when the story broke about 20 people who had disappeared uh, on the Oregon coast after attending a meeting about UFOs. 20 people went to a meeting about UFOs and then they're gone? Huh. Something is a little interesting. So at the time, he was in Arizona looking into this, like, at you know, at the time it was new, like, new age movement. And he saw a flyer about UFOs in Arizona. And he's like, um, oh, man, I wonder if those are the same people from Oregon, the same people who just, like, vanished. Like, did I find the 20 missing people from Oregon? Oh, my God. So he goes to the meeting and Robert is fascinated by all of this because again the ufos were right at the top and he was like all right these are the same people who disappeared from oregon and he just he thinks about it. he's there for two seconds and he's like and so i am thinking this is very bizarre i've never seen anything like this before and it was at that point i thought "Ah, maybe i should just go undercover you know what i should do I should just go <laughs> undercover, right? Like, yes. right? Yes. Oh, my God. So then, and this is where I have, like, the biggest note of all time. He goes home and calls his friend David Taylor to, like, go undercover with him. Because he knows that this guy, David Taylor, another, like, sociologist in training or whatever, is the only person he knows that will actually do it. Because, like, they've got to separate from their family for, like, a couple of months. Like, deep undercover, really pretend to be in this cult. And I went, he calls this Jillian? Yes. I mean, <laughs> I, every time my phone rings, I'm like, is that the call of someone asking me? Do I want to fake join a cult? Because Robert calls and he's like, David, are you sitting down? Girl, do you want to fake join a cult with me? And David's like, I thought yeah. you'd never ask. Pick me up. Where are we going? <laughs> so <laughs> they do that. That's exactly what they do. So yeah. the cult doesn't even know how to let them join. <laughs> 
So they're in Arizona and they're like, well, why don't you just yeah. drive to and go to like Oakland, California? Here's what you do. Go to the town of Orinda, which is outside of Oakland. Find the post office and we will leave you an address on page 100 of the zip code book. On page 100, that's where we'll write down some address and then you can come meet us there. And Robert's like, boy, did I pick the right cult or what? You guys, this is how people used to text. <laughs> right? But like, it's all very secretive, right? It's all very secretive. Yeah. And so they follow the steps. They go to the zip code book to pay whatever the hell oh that my is. God. They turn to page 100 and there's no address. It just says, meet us at the top of Mount Diablo. And they're like, great. But we have no sense of like how long it's been. When did they leave? Like, when did they know? know to go to the post office is it weeks is it months? we don't have, we have no information none at all <laughs> like neither do robert and david but they they're i yeah. love that none of this deters them they're just like the weirder it is they're like we picked the right cult man this is gonna be so good <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> so they hitch a ride because it's the 70s and they get to the top of this goddamn mountain and no one's there the cult left without them <laughs> Like, it, they could have been there weeks ago. Like, what is happening? But Robert rifles through a garbage can, and sure enough, right. he's like... And I look through the garbage can, and sure enough, I find some of the group's literature, and so I know that they have been there, and we think, oh, my God, we've come all this way, and we just freaking missed them. He's like, they were just here, and we missed them. Like, you guys, they're in fucking Northern California. They came from Southern Arizona. Like, and they just missed the cult they're trying to secretly fake join. What? Or did they? Or did they? Because at just at that moment, two cars pull up, packed with members of the... Richard yeah. calls them a group, but I'm like, Richard, girl, it's a cult, and you know it. Right. And they're just like, hop in, and off they go to where... Robert and David are like, I don't know. And so they're just like in this cult for three months. But then we learned that they would also like like this entire group of like a hundred and something people would sometimes just wander into the desert and stare at the sky waiting for the aliens to come and beam them up. And I'm like, this is where I made the note. Like, I am fully convinced that UFOs are real, that there are aliens from other planets. And I feel like they were swooping by and they're like, oh, not those idiots. Oh, no. <laughs> Hard left. Mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Nope. 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 So Yanya is back, right? And she's yeah. like, I know what you're going to ask me. People ask me this all the time. Um, you're going to yeah. ask me, is there a certain personality type that's attracted to cults? And Jillian, the answer is no. And I'm like, Yanya, okay. <laughs> and she says, you know, and we talked about this a little in the vow, like cults. It's what Catherine, Catherine Oxenberg says, this exact same thing. People who join cults are typically well-educated, often from very good families. They don't have prior psychological problems. Because in reality, cults don't want lonely, strange, weird people. You know, cults want highly functioning individuals who can help run the cult. Yanya says they don't have any <clears throat> prior mental health issues. <laughs> and she's like, they want highly functioning people. And I'm like, that's all totally valid. But the thing that also is completely consistent in all these cults, everyone is looking for something. So you can yes, be exactly. well-educated or, you know, from good families and all that stuff, but you are missing something in your life. You, you see a flyer. Yeah. The reason you would never be in a cult girl is because you would see a flyer about a UFO and walk right by it. Like you would, yeah, you wouldn't be exactly. interested. If there was a, if there was a flyer that was like, we have Cosmos and Domino's Pizza, you'd be like, wait, what? And I'd never see you again. <laughs> My name is Patoni, and I'm here for the Domino's. Yeah. Cosmos and Domino's, I'd never see you again. <laughs> Can somebody start that cult, please? I will come right now. <laughs> I'm so hungry. <laughs> Here is the thing where we learn that, like, 
Again, all of these people have to abandon all of their earthly connections. That mm-hmm. includes their spouses and their fucking children. And this this is just so, so hard to watch. We get a bunch of stories about these people just leaving their fucking kids. But really the one that like really stood out to me is this woman, Kelly Cook. Her parents are Suzanne and Wayne Cook. And they were like very like smart people. They had good jobs. They were like educated people. And one day they just learn about this cult and they abandon ship. They sit their fucking 10-year-old daughter down and say they both said that they were going to go with this cult i remember trying to discourage my mother about it i don't know how they ever believe that i really don't you know i mean me at a 10 year old i didn't believe that how did they it just never made any sense They tell her that we are going up in the UFO and you're never going to see us again. But even if that doesn't happen, even if the the, the UFO doesn't come and get us, you're still never going to see us or hear from us ever again. And this woman is, you know, an older woman now and she is still devastated by this fucking story. I mean, it is the most monstrous I don't know. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this moment sucked all the air out of the episode for me. She says it perfectly in one sentence. She says, "It was like trying to compete with God. That's really what it felt like." I was competing with God. That's what it felt like. And it made me feel meaningless. As a 10-year-old trying to be the adult in the room, the whole thing is tragic and heartbreaking. And I love this woman. I think she's awesome. She's with us throughout. I think she's like a badass. I just, I feel for her so much. I know that like this does not need to be said, but I'm just going to say it because if I don't, my head's going to explode. Like the amount of trauma that they did to their 10-year-old daughter, the amount of trauma a child suffers when that happens, it is... It is so fucking heartbreaking to me. I couldn't believe it when I was watching it. Like, I could not, I couldn't believe it, you know? Yeah. That's all. That's all I have to say. Yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right. It's it's horrible. And and now we're back with Robert and David. Robert, the, the fake culters. Robert is saying, like, well, it was getting kind of close to Christmas, and that was my hard out. Like, I had to leave and be home in time for Christmas. But you guys, uh-huh. their whole thing that they wanted to do was, like, take all the research that they did and write an academic paper about this cult. And they do it. They sell this article to Psychology Today. And remember, it was 1975, so the cult is very new. It's only a couple years old. It is not as intense as it was in the 90s when it ends so tragically. So in the paper, they say, they tell us today, they're like, again, we didn't know. We didn't know what it was going to be. This is only what we saw. So what their paper says. We found no evidence of manipulation, no evidence of coercion, no evidence of brainwashing. Everything about it just was all about free choice. Everything was really all about free choice, and they encouraged that. So he's like, again, I must stress, this was decades before the mass suicide, but in 1975, it kind of wasn't so bad. And I'm like, but this always happens. It doesn't start out with the suicide or the rape or the murder. Exactly. And they're saying, too, that, like, this was the first story, but this is when the press really gets wind. Like, I think that they they wrote a not-scathing review of their three months in the the Heaven's Gate cult. Their Yelp review of the Heaven's Gate cult. Yeah, right. And as soon as the like, the mainstream press gets wind of it, now it's everywhere. Everyone's writing about it. You know, everyone's trying to investigate it and this really drives the cult underground. And like, you know, like they see a real drop off in the number of people attending the meetings, the number of people they're able to recruit. The core membership sort of gets whittled down and one day they're at this meeting and there's not that many people there, but it's a lot of people who had been there from the beginning. And he stood up and said, the harvest is closed. And that was the end of the meeting. The harvest is closed. 
And that was the end of the meeting. And she tells the people who are still there, you made the first cut. Well, and this is all very like, yeah, yeah, that's the ticket, right? Where it's like, you know, they get this, the press is ripping them apart. And they're like, uh, yeah. uh, this is all part of the plan. This is all part of the plan. And now we're like no longer accepting any more members. They're breaking up with everyone before they can break up with the cult. But the joke's on them because the press had everyone break up with them anyway. But they're just trying to just navigate these weird waters by trying to convince the people this is our decision. The harvest is closed, which is the creepiest thing. I maybe have ever yeah. heard and just says oh no 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 this is exactly what we want and that's not what they wanted and the thing about it too though is like in the end like we learned in the opening credits of this episode in the end when they all die by suicide and go off to quote heaven it's 39 people like this cult never ever achieves that sort of like Jonestown Nexium level hundreds and thousands of people like when they whittle it down to this small group it kind of stays about that size for the rest of the time yes yeah. And it ends with Doe saying, All the bombardment that you will begin to hear that say, Boy, is this guy crazy. Is this a cult if I ever heard one? Yes, it is. It's a cult. I mean, it's the cult of cults. It's the cult of truth. We are a cult. We are the cult of cults. So get used to yeah. it, bitches. Let's do that. I'm like, oh my God. Who's this queen? Get her Cosmo. Do I hear do I hear Do Ray Me in the background? Do I hear Julie Andrews singing somewhere? Again, that's that's how you get me in the back of a van where it's like, oh, I have like puppies and like Julie Andrews' beautiful voice. And I'm like, wait, what? Bye. Thank you so much for checking out episode one of Heaven's Gate. The other three episodes are available right now, ad-free for you to binge right this second on the Patreon. It's where we do all of our series. So you can get our episode-by-episode coverage of Serial, The Jinx, Making a Murderer. I'll Be Gone in the Dark, Night Stalker. Right now we're in the middle of This is a Robbery about the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum heist. Oh my God, Lacey Peterson, The Menendez Murders. Don't F with Cats. Tiger King. Yeah. Every, every series that has multiple parts is there on the Patreon for you to download and binge right this second. It's over 200 episodes. You can also get ad-free versions of these episodes. You can get our after parties. It is all there for you right now. It is so fun. I really, it's so fun. We have, we just recorded like three Patreon episodes tonight. I couldn't yeah. be happier. I feel energized. I we love the Pates. We love the Pates. <laughs> so it's patreon.com slash true crime obsessed or just go to our website, click on the Patreon link and we love you. Uh, yeah, enjoy. Again, go to that website. It is still up. I'll say it every time. 